morning, afternoon, evening, afternoon, and various time zones. You are listening to our show today, Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City. This is MC Richardson, and also we'll be reaching out and via not only uh, Ferguson USA, HotTalkRadio.com, but also to several foreign markets and countries via our podcasting. You're on YouTube, you're on Facebook, you're on Apple TV, and you're on iPhone and smartphone. We also have uh, Janice Hammond, who has done a tremendous effort to reach out not only a national audience, which include our relatives, but also our listeners who are dedicated and loyal to us. Now, what we will do, our show will feature a special show and program called the Arkansas Peace and Justice Memorial Movement. And our guests will be Kwame Abdul Bay, I hope I got that right. And let's get started. We have a lot of national listeners that are part of this record program, and we will not only talk about the historic murder that happened in Elaine, Arkansas, but for the benefit of our relatives, the Ketcha incident. And who do we have on line with us? Mr. Bates on the line with us. Okay, and uh, his wife, uh, Clarice. And we should have Janice. We should have Mr. Uh, Michael Anthony. And Miss... Uh, Shane Okay. Who didn't answer? Shane. Okay. But we do have uh, Michael Anthony as well as uh, Linda Griffith, right? Do we have them on the line with us? Mr. MC, may I say something? Go ahead, sir. This is Scott Owen, the general manager of FergusonUSAHotTalkRadio.com, and I wanted to let everybody know that uh, we, the United, United Minority Media Association has a new Facebook page. If you look it up at the United Mi um, Minority Media Association, you'll find it on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> now, what other list do we have? Mr. Michael Anthony on the phone with us, as well as Miss uh, Linda uh, Griffin. I'm well, Michael's going to get in touch with her, and his number is 501-472-7350. we got Mr. the Bay family on with us, right? Yeah, call me and Okay. Well, let's do this. Uh, do we have uh, Ms. Uh, Janice Hammond with us? Yes, I am. Okay. Let's do this. Um... Let's, what I would like to know and our audience would like to know is your organization, the Arkansas
songs, Peace and Justice Memorial Movement. Tell us what you do, your mission, and we can go into our story for this afternoon. Okay, well, the Arkansas Peace and Justice Memorial Movement was uh, founded as an initiative of our nonprofit, uh, which is the Washita Foothills Youth Media Arts and Literacy Collective. Uh, and this initiative was founded in 2017, uh, after we, no, excuse me, 2018, excuse me, after we visited the uh, National Lynching Museum uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, and upon our visit there, it was the weekend after the grand opening, uh, we had an opportunity to do some really serious reflections on the history of uh, racial terror lynchings uh, here in the United States. And we were very uh, alarmed to learn that the state of Arkansas had the third highest number of uh, historical racial terror lynchings uh, at 493. Uh, and on our way home from Montgomery back to Little Rock, uh, we decided that we could not return to Little Rock and not act upon the transformation in our knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of this uh, historical travesty. So. On the way, on our drive home, that's when we founded the Arkansas Peace and Justice Memorial Movement. And what we've been working on for the last three years is erecting uh, monuments, uh, memorials throughout the state of Arkansas at the site of each and every lynching, uh, massacre, uh, and expulsion. Uh, throughout the state of Arkansas. Uh, being that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these incidents, and there are 75 different counties, and all of them have uh, at least one or two, uh, this is a task that we believe will take us about seven or more years to complete. Uh, particularly, we've been slowed down uh, because of uh, the COVID uh, public emergency pandemic and the shutdown, uh, but we are slowly getting revved back up. We have two memorials that we've erected this calendar year, one in Little Rock and one in Fayetteville, and we have three scheduled to be erected uh, in next calendar year. But uh, we, we serve as the, uh, the state uh, affiliate of the Equal Justice Initiative. Okay, some of we got so many listeners, and thanks to uh, uh, Miss um, Janice uh, that is, we're talking about what a lot of people are tuned in to this show about what happened about the Ketcher incident, and then we also got the Lane, Arkansas, that incident that happened. So if we could kind of, if you would kind of inform us, and we got people on the line with us that can step up, and but they want to know the Ketcher people, the Richardson, the Ferguson, the Browns, the Shepherds, the, 
you name it, there's so many in this family, and the Cogs, uh, that's what it is. Could you, could you address that? It could be you or it could be uh, Janice, who has done a tremendous job. And, uh, Basically, the, the original families that were there since slavery, which are the names that he said, and there's some other names uh, that associated with the Ketcher riot, that um, the Ferguson, like, and then the, the Shepherds, the, the Browns, the Richardsons are all interrelated with us. But there are other, the cops were there. You had uh, the stewards. You had a lot of other family members who were living in that area for years after slavery before the Ketcher Arkansas incident occurred. And they um, were basically, as everyone knows the story, they were asked to leave the town. So um, that's, uh, that's kind of where. Uh, we are, unless you want me to go in more detail. Well, go ahead. Also, we have others. We got this is uh, not only to black folks, but uh, multicultural people might say are European through their ancestry have really joined force with us. Like an incident that also happened uh, in 1923. We'll catch you. Then we have one with uh, Effie Latimer, an uh, incident that occurred. Uh, a murder, uh, her, she was murdered, robbed, and raped December the 28th in 1923. And hopefully when her uh, great-grandniece joined us and Michael joined us, this occurred, and they are looking into it that really you got, it was, they had murdered uh, her, and the people are saying that if they can... Uh, look back, which was almost a hundred years ago, and go into her, uh, what's the correct pronunciation when you uh, lift up and open up a grave that occurred almost a century ago? Oh, you can exhume the grave. Yes, and they are hoping that this, that they might find, if it was a, a fight or whatever, that if they did something to crack a scroll, but also, if they could find under her fingernails that that would say who the real killers were. And a lot of the, her relatives that we have been uh, involved with don't believe black folks did that murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, and the interesting thing, you brought up uh, Elaine. Uh, you know, the Elaine Race Massacre happened in 1919, uh, just uh, four years uh, before this particular incident. Uh, and uh, at the time that uh, Judge Scipio Africanus Jones was trying to resolve the issue of 122 black men being wrongfully uh, arrested, convicted, and imprisoned uh, as a result of the Elaine Race Massacre. Uh, it was in November of 1923 that uh, he finally uh, got uh, noticed that the Elaine 12 would be released. And then the next month, the uh, catcher 
uh, massacre and explosions uh, happened in Van Buren and Crawford County. So I find that connection to be uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, and I would just add Cicero Jones' help on that case for Kessler yes. as well. Identify your circle. We've been waiting to hear from you, Mr. Anthony. Hey, Linda and I are on the call now. Just so okay. You know. Oh, Linda's with us too? Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> this is Linda. But kind of bring us up today. We got uh, got Janice, uh, which uh, Linda has been praising. They said Linda. Uh, they said Janice is real sharp, so she can hear from from you, Linda. <laughs> I think I told her that on the last call too. Okay. <laughs> I think I, I think I I think I suggested she run for president. Actually. <laughs> about the events that happened yet, uh, you know, right before it. All of this was occurring within um, a few years from each other. The same political people were in power. So I'm not surprised because why would it be different? You know, they felt this way and they felt like, we, you know, they, they, we were at, you know, they, you know, they got away with it. That's the best way of describing it. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, that was the environment, in, particularly in this part of the United States, because you know uh, Tulsa uh, happened shortly before uh, Catcher as well. So when you have a, uh, a an environment of impunity where you can basically do whatever you want, you're going to continue doing it until somebody tells you otherwise. Yeah, well, we, we don't need any dead time now. Dead air. Let's talk. Let's get it out there because the tremendous job Janice has done to uh, hopefully reach too many relatives. We might want to give some back, but we won't do it this show. We'll maintain them, okay? <laughs> okay, Michael, don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, Mike, Mike, Michael has started to say something. What was that, okay. Michael? Well, I was just going to say, um, going off Janice's point, even when there are transitions of power, like you have Governor Charles Bruff, whose name has been you know, finally removed from the university, luckily, uh, to Governor Thomas McRae, even in those transitions of power, the same structure is there, even if it's different people. You have that rise of the Klan in the 20s. You have all these Supreme Court decisions that make it legal to do these things to black Americans. So yes, even when it's not just one or two people, it's a whole systemic problem. Yeah. So true. Yes, that's what I'm finding as well. I, I, the catcher incident where my great grand aunt was murdered was, I, I keep it separate from what happened to the families after that because no matter who killed Effie, the black families had a right to be there. They had no right to remove families from land that they owned using this as, as an excuse. Yes, I agree 100%. Uh, and what what our goal is is to uh, bring a an awareness here in the state of Arkansas of what happened on December the 28th, uh, 1923. And we definitely would like to work with all of the families of the descendants uh, to do that. Uh, we would like to uh, put up... Uh, a marker, a memorial marker uh, in 
that area and also work with uh, the families to pressure uh, the state government here to do an official acknowledgement and to exonerate uh, those uh, black men who were in prison for this incident. Not in prison, but two of them were executed. Was it 1924 or 1925? Yeah, the summer of 1924, six months after. Okay. And then, and then the teenage boy. And, 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 please, and please identify yourself probably four or five times so that our listeners say, well, who is that? So would you do that for us? Okay. We're all fortunate that we're doing this via Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City, and this is a historical show like all our shows we say are, but just kind of enlighten our people while you educate and orientate them. Okay, this is Linda Mitchell Griffith, and Effie Mitchell Latimer, who was murdered, was my great granddad. And, um, uh, well, I forgot what the question was now. I'm old, and so I forget these things. Yeah, okay, old. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you were just uh, saying, what uh, you guys are working on, and, and this is a a multi-type racial or cultural-type situation. It's not just black folks involved in this. As a matter of fact, our featured speakers, uh, they are with the uh, Indian nation. So we're really multicultural, okay? That's <laughs> And Janice, we don't want you to uh, say time out because you have your background and, and also being uh, orientated and educated and right there born in that area, you can uh, uh, really enlighten our audience and our listeners, we hope. Born in, in, in Kansas City? Well, your relatives, your mother and your grandparents yeah. were born in Fort Smith, Arkansas, <laughs> which are 28 miles from Ketcha. Right, it's not even it's not even 28 miles. It's a few miles from Portsmouth, Arkansas, but to, to catch on Arkansas. But one thing I'd like to say, I am so happy to hear that we are um, that we are uh, able to um, to um, we are able to have uh, a statue being being considered to be there. I think that's a that's a good start. I really do. I know that sounds crazy what I'm saying, but that's a very good start. And I'm just waiting to see, you know, that day that come where it's rec nationally recognized what happened to these family members. Descendants of these families are still here. I really do look for that. And I also look for acknowledgement that the people who were uh, told that they supposedly had uh, killed uh, Effie, that that comes out, the truth comes out. And I'm just waiting for that to happen. Yes, indeed. Uh, the the governor of uh, California just this past Friday uh, did something that uh, was really instructive and monumental, and it gives us steps moving forward. Uh, there was a uh, black family in uh, Los Angeles County 100 years ago uh, that were run out by the Ku Klux Klan, and their land was stolen from them. And that land now today is prime beach real beachfront real estate. And the governor of California gave the deed back to the descendants of that family. 
And uh, I, I believe that in addition to there being an initial recognition uh, of what actually happened uh, in uh, Catcher, Arkansas, uh, by the, uh, uh, the legislature and by the governor uh, and uh, by, the, by the community at large and the nation uh, with uh, the placement of a marker and other uh, educational materials that uh, we are uh, going to push to uh, be included in a new curriculum that we're in the process of uh, uh, writing, uh, but also that uh, uh, if there's a recognition that this was done and it was wrong, then we must also recognize that the land that was taken from these black families was also a, something that was wrong and it needs to be corrected. And I've already uh, tweeted uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson and asked him, uh, will he uh, take the governor of California's uh, moves this past week as instruction on how he should move forward here in Arkansas when black, uh, black people land have been taken from them uh, in bits of violence and destruction and expulsions and lynching. So I'm still waiting to hear what he has to study about that. Not only that, but you said the land, but also the mineral rights that occurred in these particular uh, cities, and states, and towns, or communities. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, this is Linda again. May I ask, uh, wouldn't it be a good idea, or do you think it would be a good idea for a lot of us to start uh, tweeting to or, or emailing the governor of Arkansas and and the other states that where this happened. Yes. And say let's. I mean, I think if we did somehow did a concerted effort to get a push of, of many people writing from all backgrounds, that that might help make it more of a natural thing to do. Yeah. Yes. This is Michael Anthony from University of Arkansas. I'm a PhD. Uh, student there, and I teach on campus, but I would love to get the university involved in this too. I think they would love to help out. Uh, we have a partnership with the Prior Center, and they've done a lot of work with the Elaine, getting recognition publicly for that, and I think they'd love to do the same for Catcher. Oh, well, Michael, definitely let's do it, because, you know, we talked about this uh, previously, and we're already revving up. Uh, uh, we will have a, uh, an, a, a ballot initiative written within the next a week or so, uh, so that we can start collecting signatures for that, so that we can put a law on the ballot uh, for the exonerations, because uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson, uh, we presented him uh, in August of this year with an application to exonerate the 122 black men from the Elaine Race Massacre, and he refused to act on it, saying that Arkansas law does not allow someone who is dead to apply for exoneration. Uh, so we're, uh, we're in the process of writing an initiative to uh, rewrite the law so that there can be uh, posthumous uh, exonerations here in Arkansas since they quote-unquote currently uh, do not exist. Also, can, would you uh, tell how many uh, lynchings or murders occurred in the state of Arkansas? And also, uh, Michael and myself, 
the interest has been shown by the uh, University of Arkansas at A&M down at Pine Bluff.
that's why we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One, one thing that I would like, uh, MC Richardson, if uh, Michael could go ahead and give us the, uh, the story of what actually happened for those who that are listening and, and have not heard and do not understand what we're talking about. Great idea and great input from uh, our candidate, uh, Mr. Michael Anthony, uh, PhD candidate. You want the story of Catcher, Arkansas? Yeah. Correct. Okay, yeah. So we talked about it kind of tangentially, but I'll try and lay out the whole story briefly. So on December 28, 1923, Effie Latimer, who was Linda's great, uh, great aunt, is that correct, Linda? Great grand aunt. Great grand aunt. Uh, Effie Latimer was found in her home, brutally murdered. Uh, she'd been bashed in the back of the head by something. She'd been shot in the back, and she was found by her neighbor, uh, dying on the floor, and allegedly came to consciousness and said with her dying words, Son Bettis shot me. And Son Bettis was a local black farmer uh, from the Ketcher community who for, I mean, in a later trial, we have lots of these alibis. He said he couldn't have possibly completed the murder. But nevertheless, the, the local authorities round him up and they, they can't uh, coerce a confession out of him. He refuses to confess to this murder, but they know he did it. And so they, they go around the, uh, the local houses of the black community trying to find a gun that fits this murder. And they look under the bed of a 14-year-old, John Henry Clay, a 14-year-old boy, and they find this shotgun that allegedly could have uh, completed the crime. And they take John Henry Clay, this 14-year-old boy, out to the woods, and they get him to confess to the crime. And he also uh, implicates Spurgeon Rock, a 26-year-old black farmer, in the murder as well. And the three men are put um, in the local jail. They're almost lynched later that day. They get rushed out to the Fort Smith jail, and then eventually to Little Rock, and just barely escape being lynched. But the, uh, the local community in Ketcher, the white community, is they're furious with this crime that just happened. And so they start to try to force out all of the black families in the community. They put up signs on the local black schoolhouse, the local black courthouse, that say leave in five days or suffer the consequences. Very obviously saying that something violent will happen if these families don't leave. And a lot of the families do, like 40 families, 50 families. We don't know the exact number, but a lot of the families pack up, leave their mortgages, leave their farmland, leave their sharecropping duties and pack up and leave and are never never returned to the community uh, ever again. Uh, we do have 11 uh, so-called night riders who refuse to leave. These are the Richardsons, the Fergusons, the Cause. They are some of the leaders in the community. We have the, the bank owner for the, the black bank. We have the black postmaster general for the post office there. Uh, all these different you know leaders of the community, they refuse to leave. Uh, three or four of them are World War One vets and they know how to work uh, guns. They have weapons. And they hole up in the black schoolhouse and they say, we're not going to leave. And so Governor Thomas McRae of Arkansas calls in the National Guard and forcibly removes them with machine guns and places them all under arrest. And that's where Scipio Jones comes into play and he helps get these 11 men. Um, well, 10 of the men, he gets uh, taken off of uh, life sentences, but they're still not allowed to return to this community. The white community refuses to allow them to return to their homes and the 11 men end up in areas like Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, um, and some enforcement. And so by the end by the end of or by the end of nineteen twenty three, almost all of the black community in Ketcher had been forcibly expelled because of a murder that was had very, very little reason to think three men did it. And, and the thing is, the the one that testified unfortunately still goes on now, he was mentally challenged. And he was I guess kind of they didn't kill him, he went to prison, but one day they said that he'd wander off and die. I think all of, all, 
long story short, the other two men end up getting killed, flesh, also. So none of them survived in the sense of that either because they were killed in a very violent way. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having that. Yeah, this, oh, go ahead. This, okay, uh, yeah, this is Linda. Uh, also, Spurgeon Ruck's father uh, refused to put his hands up and was shot in the face and killed. And he was unarmed at the time. So it, it, it was one of these things where, you know, it was, you know, you know, from a child on, you know, we did not go to Kenya, Arkansas. And there's people live, that live in Fort Smith and never been to Kenya, Arkansas. And surprisingly enough, you know, you're talking about a few miles. You know, I would say no more than 10 miles, less than that, like five, four miles from Fort Smith, Arkansas. And it's a lot of people of color who've never been there, didn't even know it existed. And that's because it was such a horrific thing that happened. On, on some parts, I think the African Americans just didn't want to put that that energy and that negativity on their kids. So the story was told, but it was kind of wasn't like something that told and you need to go over there and fight it. It was like, you know, don't go there. Don't go there. They don't like this type of story. And unfortunately, you know, it's gone this long where, you know, I would love to go over there and feel comfortable enough to go over there and see the old grave site of my family that was destroyed during that riot and try to fix it up. But do I feel comfortable in 2021? Not really. And, and, and that needs to change, you know. We need, a, it needs to, it, there needs to be some healing done on all sides to make everyone take that negativity that happened in that town and let it be known for something else. Right now, if you were asking me or my family members, all we could think about is what happened in 1923, you know. It's got to be a different story, and the only way that's going to happen is if we correct what happened and tell the truth on how how Effie was murdered and that it was wrong, plain and simple. And I think, you know, just putting it in the, a, a monument, recognizing it, that's the start, because that's first started trying to heal for something. And I would like for it to be healed in my generation. I'd love to ask you, do you think it's a good idea to put the monument inside Catcher? Because, like, as you mentioned, so many families are afraid to even go there. Is that a good idea? I'd love to ask the Arkansas Peace and Justice Memorial uh, Sorry, found I, 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 well. And that's, well. That's, that's where it happened. I mean, I mean, do I think it could be damaged? Yeah. But that's that's when you have to go back and just re, you know, go in there and clean it up, you know. Well, well, one thing that one thing that we do is we always try to uh, put up uh, the markers. And who is we? Uh, uh, this is Kwame Abdul Bay with the Arkansas Peace and Justice Memorial Movement. Uh, we always uh, try our best to uh, erect markers at the site of where the incident happened, uh, and uh, so we would definitely be interested in showing up there. Uh, I'm actually sitting here looking at on the map where this is uh, between Alma and Van Buren uh, near the Arkansas River, and uh, so we're we're going we're going to have to just drive out there and see what's there. 
uh, and uh, actually start this process. Uh, I find it very interesting, and uh, Michael, I, I'd like to ask you, do you know anything about the uh, Kevlar community uh, that's in that area? I do not. I, I, would, I would just say that if you're looking for a place to put the monument, the, the local black cemetery seems like a very good spot. We know it was central to this riot, and a lot of those, it's a sacred black place. It doesn't have to be. And the church was owned, was donated by land that my grandfather, Ernest Richardson, gave him to build the church. And behind the church is where the cemetery is, okay? So that's the perfect place, you know? I just mm-hmm. want to make sure that if we put it there, that, you know, people can come back you know, and the Uh, 
uh, is uh, related to the catcher community since it looks like they're right next to each other. Uh, I am uh, one of the uh, curators uh, at the uh, Mosaic Templars of uh, Mosaic Templars Cultural Center uh, here in Little Rock. Uh, I was a guest curator for the Arkansas Black Schools Project. And uh, with the Arkansas Black Schools Project, I traveled around the state visiting uh, former uh, all-black schools. And there was uh, two black schools uh, in the Kevlar community, uh, and the Kevlar community was an all-black city uh, back uh, in that time. And I'm seeing on the map, it's right adjacent to uh, the capture community. So I'm, I'm thinking those communities were connected somehow, and I want to tie, tie, I want to see how I can tie that in as well. Yeah, Kwame, I would just add the uh, communities of Shipley and Kibler both had notices put up and were also racially cleansed. We know that from the court documents of the catcher case. We just don't know how many black citizens were there. We don't know anything about them other than there were signs put up that told them to leave as well after the Effie's murder. Right. Thank you for that. I, we, I definitely got to get as much information as I can so that we can do this the right way because uh, this sounds like uh, it, could, it could be a really big opportunity uh, for healing uh, here in the state of Arkansas. Well, can I, can I ask you just one question? Yeah. County, was, was, that, was there any, uh, what is the gas lines going through the property? So these aren't different counties. They were just, I mean, we're talking less than a mile away. If you look on right. the map of Kip, Kipler's still on maps today, Shipley's not. It's kind of like Catcher. It was just yeah. kind of removed from maps. So, so we're, we're, you know, because we always felt that, you know, this, this had a lot to do with, you know, getting the land for free for the, the, the rights of, uh, the rights of the land. So I'm just curious, was that, you know, part of, you know, if you really looked at what was the real problem in Kibler, was that the same reason or was it this totally different reason why they decided to do what they did there? The biggest gas deposit in Crawford County is in Kibler. Oh, now this is starting to make a lot of sense now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. That's, that's sad to hear. Mm. Yeah. And I was going to tell you, Kwame, uh, you were talking about getting a professor from the University of Arkansas, Fort Smith. Uh, Dr. Tom Ling has, I've worked with him on Catcher before. He would love to help, I'm sure. All right. Well, He's from the history department there. Let's, yeah. let's start working on it. He also does anthropology and archaeology as well, so he could help a lot in a lot of different ways. Wonderful. Wonderful. Wow, I'm just, I'm just like, I just, this is the first time I'm, I'm hearing about this other town being that close. I didn't realize it was right next to it. Yep. Yeah, I wish I could show the map. I have it here on my screen, but I can't share it. But yeah, they're very, very close. They're, they're less than the distance from Alma to Van Buren next to each other. They're very close. Wow. Wow. Yeah. In the in the court documents for Bettis and Rusko, they constantly mention how Shibley also had these signs put up. That was during the same time that they put it up with Chester, um, um, Arkansas? Yeah, less than 48 hours after Effie's murder. It's put up on the courthouse for the black community in Shibley, Kibler, and Catcher. Um, wow. They're all located in that... Um, very rich bottom land that was 
as, as you said, uh, Janice, gas rich. And uh, yeah, that's what I've always thought as well. Uh, Effie was actually, her, her father was my great-great-great-grandfather, and he uh, lived in Kibler, actually, when he first came to Arkansas. Mm. It seems very coincidental that they struck gas in 1923 summer and then uh-huh. they get racially twins that winter. That seems very yes. coincidental. Yes. Yeah. Similar to what happened to the uh, Osage tribe in Oklahoma when gas was struck there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of speechless, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Linda's found all of those oil and gas records. We've, I've seen her, the, the digitized copies of them, so we know where the gas was struck and who owns that land and stuff. If they're yeah, I would assume most of them were black Americans who were, uh, or Native Americans who were uh, uh, hit the most. Their lands, you know, was where the, the, the line went through. That's the other side of the story that... Um, I don't think anyone's really done any research on this, but how the native population is also affected by this, because they're driven out at some point, too. And I've tried to track that down. It's really hard to tell from the census. I do, and, and when you were saying that the people left, the people left, they went to the Indian Reservation. A lot of them went to the Indian Reservation in Oklahoma. Yeah, if you look at the native cemeteries, they stopped putting uh, fresh, like, corpses in that cemetery around this period. Like, after 1925, they're not there anymore. So something similar happened to the native population living in that area. Right, they, 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 they went to the reservation too. I mean, you know, I know during the, the catch a ride, my mother told me that son went to Oklahoma. And I'm like, well, where did they go to Oklahoma? And, you know, some of them were mixed with the Native Americans, so they went to the Indian reservation. You know, they went from there, Oklahoma to Kansas City from there, but, you know, uh, and I know this has to be, somewhat true because one of my uncle's uh, biological mom she was you know she she uh, she stayed on the, the Indian reservation and if you just tune in you listen to guests who's coming to Kansas City uh, and also we got a tremendous uh, a lot of history that it's being spoken over this show and we want you to take heed and get with us and while I got that opportunity also uh, there's a radio show that airs every Tuesday, that's K-A-B-F 88.3, and that's the, what, tell us, Kwame, what's the name of the, why, why you got this show every Tuesday? Uh, that's the show that my wife and my son, we all uh, do together. It's called Jade Stone Vintage Soul, uh, here on KBF 88.3 FM in Little Rock, and basically the show is, we, uh, we talk about uh, history, public policy, and social issues, but we also play uh, rare soul, uh, rare uh, hip-hop, rare, uh, and rare uh, uh, 1970s uh, disco-type music as well. The reason why I pointed that point out, because what we do on this show and what we're doing, we're adding more people to get involved in it. A lot of our people haven't been educated just like today. It's so much information that we're not cognizant of. That's why we have shows like this. And we want to start pooling our resources. 
Yeah, and uh, I too, uh, just in this short conversation, have learned a wealth of information that I want. To, I need to tie all of this information together uh, so that uh, with, as we start to prepare for uh, the 100 years since this has happened, because uh, that's when I want the market to be put up on the 100th year uh, since it's happened. Uh, but uh, we definitely have to tell this story, and we were given such a uh, such a an example of how this is done with uh, with Tulsa, and we may not have the resources that they had in Tulsa because the difference between Tulsa and Catcher is that the state government of Oklahoma was 100% on board. Uh, with the commemoration of Tulsa. Uh, we don't have that here in Arkansas, so anything that we do uh, is going to be done with uh, private funding, uh, and it's going to be done by the community until we can force this, the state of Arkansas to uh, recompense and repair uh, what they have participated in destroying. That's why shows like this, uh, we we don't think that much of them until we used to have the, the, the book tellers and the storytellers, but because we can do this in the archives, we got to join our forces and reach out. That's why I'm glad that Janice reached out to all the family members she hoped in this country about the importance of Catcher and other incidents that have occurred, not only in Arkansas, but throughout the United States. But we right now we're targeting Arkansas. Yes. And this is Linda again. I've toured the Catcher area many, many times doing family history, and I met Moira there as well. And she is, she and I have looked into this a lot. I'd like to invite you, Janice, to meet us there sometime. Yeah. Uh, if if you'd be comfortable, and I'd be glad to give you a tour. Well, she's yeah, not that far. She's in uh, Texas now. <laughs> yeah, Austin saw that far. And, and, and walk around and, and uh, for myself, you know, and see what can be done with the, the grave site. I mean, we have to understand that you, we have family that was buried there from slavery, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And I would and, love to join. Oh, absolutely. Uh, anybody, any of you <laughs> are welcome to join us. What, what I'm thinking is, uh, as I've I'm thinking of my trips down there, and it's really just a quiet residential community now. There are no stores left in that community. It's just residential, and it's really not very highly populated. So yeah. I, I think I think you would be pleasantly surprised. Well, you know, I, I, I came in from the back end of it, you know, accidentally the last time I was in Portsmouth, Arkansas. Yes, I would, I would love to come back. I would love to try to take pictures of, you know, where we think the market would be located, you know. Oh, good idea. And, you know, this is this, this history, you know. I'm down to, you know, you know it's, it's for everyone to know, if you don't if you don't take the path and learn from it, you're, you're bound to repeat it. Amen. And that's what's happening now. So I'd like to, you know, to make sure that we, we do something very positive here. This is Kwame. I do have a question. Who currently owns the land? Now that's really, that's really interesting because the senior family members 
were paying uh, the taxes on that property for a very long time, and the church apparently was getting some money for the rights, but it was going somewhere that we don't know who got the money. We think the minister got it. We're not really sure what happened. But I think after that generation passed away, people stopped paying on it, you know. You're going to pay for something you can't even get on there is a, there is, if you want to know who the current members are, there is a GIS cadastral online that, where you can look at each piece of property and see who currently owns it. Oh, definitely tell me how to do that. Oh, yes, I'd be happy to. <laughs> I, uh, it's a wonderful If I contact tool. information from Michael, he can give you my, uh, okay. Yes, I will. Um, send me your. I just gave myself by saying roll it in. Yeah, uh, that's okay. You're in good company. <laughs> and MC might not even know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> no offense, MC. <laughs> You're just the elder statesman, I believe. Of this oh, tell him my age, okay? No, no, I, I didn't tell your age. I didn't. Because then I have to tell mine. <laughs> well, it's it. it does Michael have your, Michael, do you have his email address? Yeah, I can get it on to you. Yeah, yeah just send it to me. Yeah, yep. I'll tweet, um, um, also, MC, please send my email address and phone number, too, so everyone can have it. Um, not, well, don't yeah. say it, don't say it nationally right now, but please. <laughs> 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 well, uh, uh, thanks to you, Jess, hopefully we got a whole nation listening to the show today. <laughs> the whole world. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> and I'll talk to the Kumi that he and his wife is she around is she gonna say something or you doing all the talking today I'm doing all the talking today because she's at the women's march for reproduction oh that's right that's right that's wonderful yeah that's where Janice and I should be too right oh, yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah definitely well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a, a tremendous show, a historical show, and uh, we're about to run out of town time like we do always, so if somebody want to give out some information, how they can uh, be contacted if they want to join forces with us, uh, just, uh, well, we got a website that should be uh, up in about, oh, maybe a week or two, I think uh, Scott Orton said it, but it's called Yuma. HQKC number one dot org, and that should be up within a week or whatever. And anytime we can add to us, and my number is 816 822 8866. The mobile number is 816 694 2273. I'll be happy to share because we're talking from the headquarters of the United Minority Media Association, and we're recruiting members throughout. And we want to make sure that we get people involved in programs such as a day. That's what we want to feature, no-nonsense program each and every day. And get our newspaper involved, get our press association involved, get our broadcasters involved, and keep us involved that we start sharing information. And I want to thank everybody who did listen. And you also can retrieve this show by going to... Focus on USA, Hot Talk Radio, on the web page, and uh, the podcast uh, archives, and this show will be featured like the other shows on Catcher, which occurred the 3rd of uh, April, 
the 24th of April, and then we did some other shows, but shows like this, and we're going to get Janice set up down in Arkansas. No, well, she, she's Arkansas, but in Texas, where the broadcasters are located, the Broadcast Association and Press Association are located in all the capital cities. That way they can lobby. So my name is M.C. Richardson, and I want to thank each and every one for being a part of it. And our listener, we, we encourage feedback from this, what your thoughts of them get you involved. Right, uh, Cloud? I guess they agree they didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I, I can give out uh, the contact information for the Arkansas Peace and Justice Memorial Movement. Uh, we Our website is www.apjmm.org, and our telephone number is 501-725-1300. And also, I want this to be a continuation. Your show is airs when, and what is the station, or what is the frequency? Uh, it airs every Tuesday afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on KABF 88.3 FM, The Voice of the People. Uh, and you can listen to it live at www.kabf.org. And we also have all of our shows archived uh, on any podcast uh, that you, uh, any podcast uh, service that you go to, you just type in Jade Stone Vintage Soul and the shows will come up. And we're trying to extend that to get uh, Linda involved up in Bozeman, Montana, and all the groups up there, and the Native Americans, the uh, Hispanic, and also we want to get Janice with. She has such a busy schedule and wanted to get her involved so she can do a public affairs show in the state of Texas and not just be limited to Texas and also our family members that are listening. We want to thank each and every one and be sure to turn on and tune in and we'll try to keep you informed. We need to get our newspapers involved too. Well, I get that does it for today, so thank you very much. And tune in each and every week to guess who's coming to Kansas City or give us a call and so we get our website. You might have some interesting information on photos. You might want to be included on our webpage. So thank you very much for being part of our show today. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. Yeah, thank you for having us, MC. Yeah, thank you. Sorry about Arkansas losing today. Ha, 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 ha.